Welcome to the Education Unscripted podcast, your favorite podcast channel for unpacking education issues in Nigeria and Africa. This podcast is brought to you by the National Innovation Collaborative for Education, NICE, a community of education innovators working to foster learning and collaboration. Thank you for joining us again for Education Unscripted. It's so good to have you on our podcast again, our listeners. And today we have someone very, very interesting. We have Tonye Falogi Ekezie from <laughs> Simons Oasis. You're welcome. Thank you, thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. I'm super excited. I love what you guys are doing. And I'm kind of really looking forward to see how we can work together. Thank you, because I love your hair. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Mrs. Toye Falogi, Ekezie. I hope I didn't. Yeah, yeah you name. did well, actually. Okay. Usually there's some um, scattering that goes on. So you <laughs> did very well, actually. She is a wife and a mother and an entrepreneur. As the head of T of mm -hmm. Media, she consults on media and entertainment projects for a range of clients imbibed with an entrepreneurial spirit from her father Tony started her own company T of Media in 2011 in 2012 Tony married her best friend Ugo Ekezie and in 2013 they welcomed their first child a boy Ugo Jr and in 2015 their second child a girl Simone however Simone had life threatening heart complications resulting from a late diagnosis of Down syndrome. As a result, Tonye and her family had to relocate for the next two and a half years to save her daughter's life. In, in May 2018, with the good news of Simone's heart functioning as normal, Tonye was able to return to Nigeria with the, with the life lessons learned and the experience of being a mother. She created the book series Ugo and Sim Sim based on her children and has now turned her entrepreneurial drive to not only raising awareness about special needs but also to children's content after noticing a severe lack of entertainment representing black and african children special needs children and those who fall into both categories hence the creation of simon's oasis as a platform dedicated to black and african children Thank you so much, mm -hmm. Tony. It's such a beautiful, beautiful um, um, experience you mm -hmm. have, and it's so it's so interesting to know that you are not just um, you're raising awareness mm -hmm. and you're sharing your experience for mm -hmm. a lot of parents who are in who are in this situation and they are confused, they don't know what to do, and that alone has very adverse effect on their mm -hmm. children so it's so good to have you here thank, thank you. you so much <laughs> so would you mind telling us a bit about your experience so far your journey how sure. it has been the highs and the lows sure i mean i think you you've done the formalities but really it's been um a, a roller coaster of, of uh, experience mm. um we all have uh, visions and plans for our lives right but yeah. life is what happens when you're making plans mm -hmm. and you know our plans are not God's plans so we had to kind of change our lives really um, and when you get something like this you envision that you're having this child and you have a dream for this child and the reality mm. is a harsh one um, 
it kind of forces you to take stock of what is important mm. and what is not important and let go of those things that are not important. Mm. Um, children are a blessing, however which way they come. And I had this idea in my head, right? Mm. But the reality was different. However, even if it may seem that, you know, some people will say, oh, you know, oh, I'm so sorry, or, you know, mm. when they describe a child as mm. suffering from Down syndrome yeah. or suffering from cerebral palsy, and I'm like, no, they're not suffering mm. from it. All I know is that that child brings so much joy into our lives. We're not suffering. Mm. So you have to, people also have to be aware that it's not about, us, about suffering. We're not suffering. We're, we're actually very happy. Yeah. And we look at it as a blessing from, from God um, because it really forced us to look at lives and change our lives for the better mm. and really tune into children of all kinds, right? Tune into the, how, how they communicate, how they think, the language, how yeah. they feel. Um, which we often don't do as parents, especially if you only have, uh, if, you, if you just have a neurotypical child mm. and you just go through, you know, the milestones and the regular stuff and you don't really have to pay attention. But when you have to pay attention, what happened with me is that in paying attention, I learned so much about my neurotypical child that I didn't learn before. Okay. I was able to help him far better than I was because I was understanding how the, the brain of a child works, how mm. they learn, how they feel. Mm. And so it's really been a, a, a blessing past the area of special needs. Yes. Um, but it's not easy. But I would say like anybody who has a child, it's never easy. Mm -hmm. It's not easy anyway. So you just pick your heart, you know, you pick your pressure. Exactly. Um, but you have a responsibility. You chose to have a child, you have a responsibility to that child to do the best you can for them. And for those with special needs, unfortunately, the, pre the prob problem isn't them. The problem is us. You know, we're hiding them away. We of think, course, oh, yes. they're, they're um, you know, they're not really worthy of a space in the world because you might think, oh, they're, they're not really smart, they're stupid, they're waste of space. You know, a lot of people, mm -hmm. you know, just call them out there or whatever. And don't give them what they need to thrive. And what I try to communicate to people is that you're doing them a disservice mm. because they actually want to be involved, they yes. want to learn, they want to thrive. And given yeah. the opportunities, especially with early intervention, mm. if you start implementing these things in the early years from zero to six, you're setting them up to thrive in this world. And that, when I say thrive, that means whatever their ability, disability, you're setting them up to succeed. You're setting them up to be independent, mm. to have a vocation, to be employable, yes. to be, you know, um, functional, serving, um, wonderful um, members of society and yeah. citizens. And when you find that when you find ones, so, you know, especially, for example, with Down syndrome that are employed, they, they thrive in their workplace. They bring joy and light to the workplace, but they love to work. Yes. So it's really important, I'd say, that we give them a chance. But the problem is us grown-ups, the mm. parents, and so it's just trying to change the mindset. And I try and do that with exposing our lives yeah. right what it's like good and the bad living with raising a child with special needs and also raising a a, a, a black child as well um and it's not you know gravy every day it's not steak every day you know but we share the problems and and the worries but then 
you realize that these are things that all parents share. So part of that is also letting people understand it's not a separation, mm. right? You have all these categories, special needs, girl, boy, black, African, but you don't live your life separately. Or, you know, from 10 to 11, we are black. Yeah. From 11 to 12, we are girl. Yeah. From 12 to 1, we are special <laughs> needs. That's not how life is. Everything is intertwined. Yeah. And so I try and, you know, make people understand it's all interwoven. You know, what you apply in one place actually spreads over to the to the, the other, other side. Yeah. And and that's what we do in sharing our, our lives. I'm not a typical one who's in front of the camera. Mm. I'm not a typical one who was talking or even wanted. I didn't have an Instagram account until, you know, we decided to do this Simone's Oasis. It didn't interest me because I'm not really that way inclined. Yeah. I've been working in the industry for a long time. A lot and of people yeah. don't know who yes. I am. That's because you won't see me on red carpet. You won't, I'm not interested in any of that. My own was to get the work done, do it well, and move on to the next job and to train others as well. So well, there's a lot of work to do, um, but I try and help as many people as I can, especially those on the new journey or those struggling in, 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 in the space that they have. I talk to parents, I talk mm. to kids, I, and uh, hopefully lead by example. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is absolutely interesting because really nothing prepares a parent for this. Nothing. Absolutely, absolutely nothing. nothing. So it's great to know that you found yourself here and you're doing everything you can, creating awareness for parents who, who are confused mm -hmm. at, and at this, at, at this particular stage mm -hmm. of their lives. So how does Down syndrome affect learning, learning abilities rather sure. in children? So, um, for those who don't know, Down syndrome is a, a genetic disorder. It's not a disease, it's not okay. contagious. You know, if someone sneezes, you don't catch it. You know, it's nothing like that. <laughs> what it is, it's something that happens during um, um, the embry embryonic growth, mm. you know, with, um, with the chromosomes. So, every person, or most people, are born with 23 pairs of chromosomes. Okay. So that's 46 altogether. Okay. Someone with Down syndrome is born with 47 chromosomes, which means there's an okay. extra chromosome on the 21st pair. Mm. The medical name is trisomy 21, hence the 20, 21. 21. And what that does, there's physical characteristics that often come with it. They might not have all of them, but mm. you look at, they, they might have um, something called simian lines on the hands and the, and the um, index in the middle finger may be wider space than usual. And that also okay. applies to the feet. Um, some have that, some don't. Low muscle tone, um, so you'll find that babies are born are often floppy because they have low muscle tone okay. and um, then they may have flat faces, thick necks, they might be slightly overweight, mm -hmm. they might have almond-shaped eyes, flat nose, small ears, um, um, and small mouth but a large tongue, which is why you often find it like this, poking yeah. the tongues um, out. Um, small ear canals, um, and those kind of often the physical characteristics that come um, with that. Yeah. On the internal side of the body, you know, the often uh, about 60% of babies born with Down syndrome have a heart condition, okay. and that is it's usually minor. It can be fixed with medication, some fixed with a small it's surgery, surgery, but mm -hmm. it can be also life-threatening, like Simone, my daughter's one was. Um, 
then they often may have um, issues with endocrinology. So that's why you have the annual, you know, test thyroid, um, okay. celiac test, because some have, um, are sensitive to certain foods okay. or have problems with digestion. Um, and they usually have like poor eyesight and, and poor hearing, but okay. again, not always. Again, okay. Simone doesn't have. So it really depends, just like mm. us. On the developmental side, they learn and they can learn very well. However, it just takes longer. Okay. So while, you know, a, a normal child may take a few minutes to pick something, mm. it might take, you know, a few sessions for a child with Down syndrome to pick, pick something up. Okay. So they get it, it just takes longer, which is why they're usually a couple of years behind their mates mm. in developmentally. Mm. Um, but that's why we do the early intervention, right? Knowing that they can learn and they can learn very well. Yes but they will struggle with um, their gross motor skills. So it takes them longer to, to learn how to walk, yeah. jump, you know, uh, because of the low muscle tone. Mm. Then fine motor skills, it may take them uh, longer to be able to learn how to feed themselves, okay. hold the pencil to yes. learn how to write. Exactly, so that's why you have all this early speech therapy, um, speech therapy, occupational therapy. Um, and physical therapy so those address so I said the speech therapy because often there's a speech delay as well mm. and the speech may not be very clear and that's because again the low muscle tone around the mouth okay. and the oral dyspraxia things like that so you, you actually just training their muscles mm. right like you would in a gym yes. you're training their muscles you're getting their muscles stronger mm. gross fine speech muscles um, mouth muscles to be able to get to the level where they can independently eat, yeah. independently write, read, jump, walk about, mm. ride a bike. But it takes more effort than it would do with a neurotypical child. Okay. But they get there. Okay. Okay, that's that's very interesting to know. So given your experience mm. in this, what um, can you what do you think the education and education system in Nigeria and, and educators can do to support children with Down syndrome? Well, I think uh, taking it one step further back mm. is that how can we support teachers? Okay. Before, before they can support those uh, students in the classroom, in the especially classroom. as uh, I think uh, it's been put into law by yeah. the state to have inclusive schools, etc. Mm. How do you support, before you can support the child, you have to support the, 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 the teacher. teacher. The child. Exactly. And um, teachers are struggling. Um, because of lack of resources, because of lack of training. It's not that they don't want these children in their classroom. They don't haven't been trained how they to approach them yes. or even be able to identify. Mm. Because it's not only Down syndrome. For example, how do you identify a, a child with dyslexia or exactly. ADHD? You know, um, and you have to be trained to do so. So early last year, right before COVID, like a month before our lockdown mm. and everything, we did a teacher training for 100 kids. Um, sorry, for 100 teachers, teachers. yeah, with astalks.com. We collaborated with Cradle Lounge, PlaySmart, Novelova, Gradani, and we did a training, just to uh, an awareness training on strategies for spotting um, children in the classroom, what mm. to do, mm. protocols in school, yeah. you know, do you go direct to parent or is there a protocol in school? Mm. And then the, th the things you can put in place to help those child. And it was very basic, but it was very successful. And we're hoping to be able to pick that up again if we can get a sponsor. Yes. As well as do an intro to applied behavioral analysis for parents and carers. Mm. 
Um, um, so I'm hoping to be able to get some support, financial support, to be able to roll out some programs, not only for teachers, but for parents and carers as well. Yeah. In just teaching them some basic tra strategies and understanding of how to work with kids with special needs, yeah. but also how to communicate with kids with special needs. Find that way, way in through communications, because for example, with autism, communication is a big issue. Um, so that's what, a, what I'm hoping for, because I, we have really good teachers, mm. um, but unfortunately they just are kind of stifled in the environments yes. that we are. Now in terms of how, how to, to work with a, a child with Down syndrome or other special needs in, in the class, the first thing I say is, is not really about the um, strategies. The first thing I say is that what's the environment of the classroom like? You know, what's the mood? What's the atmosphere? Mm. Are you a very kind of authoritarian, you teacher, know, dictatorship yes. of a teacher? Or are you someone who creates an a warm environment in your classroom that encourages all children to, to learn? learn? Because regardless of whether a child has special needs or not, all yes. children struggle at some yes. point in school, even if the, geni the genius is too. Yes. So if they're feeling they're coming to school, and they're entering a classroom and they don't like it and, and stuff, what's the encouragement for them to, to, to learn? Yes. And it's going to be difficult to teach a child who doesn't feel safe and secure in, in, in the classroom, classroom in the yeah. environment that they spend hours and hours mm. in daily. So that's first. You've got to make it fun, you know? Mm. Um, children do so well in a loving but also a fun mm. a, a, in, environment. And then understanding about attention span of of, 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 of kids, right? So you can't be teaching them and expecting them to learn something and it's, it's, it's your, your past 40 minutes. Mm. Now, 40 minutes is even long without giving them breaks or for five minutes doing something else yes, and then coming back. So those are, those are the kind of things to make sure that you're able to learn. And, and children are very tactile learners. So that whole writing everything on the board like we did in those days mm. and just, you know, just saying it we back to them and them. everything is not really teaching. Mm. Um, you want you want children to be able to grasp concepts before they get to the answer. They need to know how they to get to the answer. So um, tactile things in the environment, not just about writing on the blackboard. What kind of physical tools can you use to learn? Mm. Things they have to lay out. Maybe it's stones. Maybe it's sticks. Yeah. Maybe, but something that engages them tactile. They're not always sat mm. in front of the front of the chair and table and just it's just very boring. boring so and those things you know a lot of people think oh it takes a lot of money it takes it, it doesn't it just takes a lot of uh creativity as i said in one um one um forum i was speaking on a panel uh, a couple of weeks ago you don't have to break the financial bank but you have to break the mental bank mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is that you have to think get different you, yeah you have to get creative with the resources you do have on hand mm. and that's my really how I look at it okay thank you very much so in your opinion do you think um, what do you think about mainstreaming for children oh I'm all for mainstreaming I'm very much all there's a space for special needs schools most mm. definitely especially those who um, for example with autism and often with di Down syndrome there's often a dual diagnosis of Down syndrome and autism as okay. well so they kind of go hand in hand which is why some of the strategies are similar but um, I'm a 100% mainstream 
girl yeah. but there is a space for special needs school because there are those who are so extreme yes but also that there, there may be times you you have a child with special needs in the mainstream school but still needs some work done mm. at the at the special needs center yes. or school so it's it's a balance but if the child can be in the mainstream school it is better because we don't live in a special needs world Right, we live in a mainstream world. So they have to, have to learn how to function with different people, socially interact, and be able to navigate that. Mm. And the best place to do that is at school, yes. and the mainstream school. Okay, so what what better ways can our classrooms be structured, you know, to accommodate children with Down syndrome mm -hmm. or children with special needs yeah. generally, and to offer them the best learning experience? Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned earlier, you talked about. Um, making the classroom fun, mm -hmm. such that um, children don't get bored. Mm -hmm. So what, what are the better ways do you think the classrooms can be means, can be structured mm -hmm. to ac better accommodate children? Well, especially? I think that in terms of the physical aspects, you know, you have your setup where you sit down and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I love the way that Montessori is, is set up, the Montessori system. Okay. And I believe in Montessori up to all the way up to like, you know, secondary school, mm. then you can go into mainstream school for, mm. the, for the secondary school. However, most uh, schools are only Montessori, five and below for nursery. But they, they can still use some of those strategies from Montessori from age six up to the rest of junior school. Mm. So you have your typical classroom set up, fine but have some stations for other things and know that a couple of times a day you're applying some of these learning stations in. Yes. Um, give the child with special needs responsibility in the classroom. They love that. Okay. So it's almost like they're mini teacher's assistant. You give them re responsibility. Maybe they're the ones to set up lunch. Mm. Um, maybe they're the ones to hand out work. Yes. Things like that that includes them yes. and gives them a certain amount of authority with mm. their peers mm. which means their peer their peers will look up look to up them to too. them um and when a, a, a child with special needs is in the classroom it's not really about um signaling them out but you do have to make sure to be sensitive to their interactions in the classroom and to make sure the other children if they're noticing stuff to sensitize them mm. some kids don't they're just another child in class you know, my former school where my kids were, were at, I did a talk there and it was for the elementary years. Both my kids were not in the elementary at that okay. time. And we, I did a reading of my book, What is Down Syndrome? Then we talked about Down Syndrome. And I, and I said, do you know that in the, your year, because there were several of their classes, mm. you have three um, fellow students with Down Syndrome. They had no idea because they had been so integrated yes, into, the, into classroom, the classroom, into the life of the school, and they had no idea. And I wouldn't, put, I wouldn't point them out. Mm. It was hilarious, but it really was like, oh, wow, you know, amazing. Mm. And that's what you want. You just want them to be part and parcel of the, of the society. Mm. But it starts from those from years, the, yes. yeah. Okay, thank you so much. Um, of, of homeschooling, online learning, mm. and hybrid. You know, ever since the COVID, there's been this. Mm -hmm. We weren't so all about online learning yeah. before now. We're all about going to school, drop them off, and then run away. And then <laughs> run away. In fact, the school was like the escape for yes, parents. Yeah. <laughs> so, of homeschooling, online learning, and hybrid learning, what options do you think are best, or what options mm. do you think is best for? 
for children with special needs? For children with why? special needs, it honestly depends on the age. Okay. But uh, for the small ones, virtual is like pretty much a waste of time, in my opinion, mm -hmm. because it's kind of hard for them to connect. So, mm. for example, my daughter is five. Um, she's fully in physical school. Okay. However, she does um, three French lessons a week on Zoom. And she's able to sit and do that, but that's because she's been able to learn how to sit and, and pay attention in school. Mm. So we're able to do that at home. However, if we now switch to entire virtual, I will lose my mind. That's not, <laughs> she's not going to sit down okay. for like three hours of virtual school. No, that's not going to work. But as you get older and the cognitive you know, development Develops, progresses, mm. you can implement more. So I'm, I'm not really a fan of the virtual for, for kids with special needs. Yeah. Um, in terms of homeschooling, I homeschooled my children from lockdown to um, February um, this year. This year. Mm -hmm. So I have so much respect for teachers. <laughs> <laughs> After that experience. After that experience. <laughs> However, they learned so much. They really, you know, we were able to really Get, cover, a cover a lot, get into the nitty gritty, little, really focus on those things that were missing or mm. I realized, okay, they're struggling in this area. So I, I really, you know, would say to, to parents and carers, consider the, the homeschooling. However, they need mm. that social interaction. Yes. So they need to go to school as well. Mm. You can look at a hybrid that would say, okay, for the special needs child, they're in school part-time yeah. for that social interaction and also to do their therapies or address any needs. Mm. And then a lot of the other half of the week, they're at home doing the homeschooling. Mm. They may do therapy at home. Um, or it could work like that because school is expensive, <laughs> is expensive too. Um, for, for the neurotypical child, um, I know you didn't ask that, but it's just also something to, to consider. Not all neurotypical children do well with virtual school. Hmm. Some just cannot function on virtual school. Yes. So you see, you find that it's actually unique to the child. Understand, hmm. You have to understand the individual you're raising and uh, know that not everything can apply to that child. Yeah. You know, it's not that a one-stop, one one uh, yeah, it's not one size, size fits all. Um, so I think parents have to be flexible and really think about what is best for the child they have. Okay. Um, that will allow them to grow and flourish. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been an amazing session with you. Well, I was telling my colleague this morning that every time I go back to Simon's Oasis website, mm -hmm. I have to play that video there. And <laughs> then I think, oh God, same, same. Oh God, right? same, same. They, my daughter is always playing. <laughs> Playing Simone's Oasis, different stuff on Thank you so much. Well, thanks for Thank having you. me. It's been an amazing <laughs> session and we look forward to doing lots of stuff with Definitely. you. Definitely. Thank you so much. Thank and you. we really do appreciate the work you do. It's I amazing. appreciate that. You appreciate All the content it. you put up on YouTube too. Yeah, yeah so guys, please <laughs> make sure you visit Simone's Oasis, Simone's Oasis YouTube channel. YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Yes, there, there's a lot of content and then catch simon's oasis tv broadcast block every saturday 8 a.m to 10 a.m west african time on pineapple tv star times channel 129 mm -hmm. thank you so much thank mrs Tony. it's good to have you it's been great thank you thank you for listening to this episode of education unscripted podcast 
please send us your feedback by sending an email to niceattepcenter.com or connecting with us on Twitter at nice underscore innovate. You could also leave us a voice message on our anchor channel. Till then, stay safe and keep learning. Bye.